The Isle of Imaginaria, Chapter 4, Oh Sweet Niblets. Marky had a difficult time adjusting her eyes. The early morning light burned, and the smell of the air was so different. It was fresh air, a wide, open, vast air that smelled like fish, but not rotten fish. It was salty and seafoody. Marky looked all around. There were no tall buildings or buses or cars. Instead, it reminded her of a flea market or rummage sale. The floating market was a maze of canals connecting two large rivers. The canals were full of little wooden boats and houses selling food and fruits. The morning fog still hung over the water. The ground beneath Marky's feet was soft. She looked left and right and saw boat stalls lining the banks as far as she could see. Which way first? Well, our stand is down on the left, so we'll go right and then work our way back. You like mango sticky rice or banana? Yes, both. And I see donuts. Let's go. Hurry! I want to show you everything before it opens and gets crowded. Marky and Five strolled the banks, taking time to stop at each boat stall to see their offerings. Every other boat had some type of fish or seafood. Marky saw squid and crabs and giant prawns. But the small rowboats served dumplings and soups and noodles. Some of the long boats sold souvenirs. There were so many colors and flavors. It was already chaotic without all the people, and as soon as they started to trickle in, in a matter of minutes, it was wall-to-wall people. Marky and Five were standing in line for a bubble tea when Five realized how late it had gotten. Marky, I have to go. I'm going to be in so much trouble if I don't hurry. I can't stay. Get your drink and then meet me at my dad's stand. Marky could barely hear him. His words trailed off as he ran away. Wait, I don't know where I'm going. How will I find you? Not a problem. Just look for the big blomp of font. You can't miss it. We're right next to it. Marky drank her tea as she made her way to the other side in search of the big blonde bouffant. She saw ladies with black hair, brown hair, a few with red. Every time she saw blonde hair, it was either long and straight or in a ponytail or ringlet curls. Marky found no such bouffant. That is until she got to the very last few boat stalls and she saw her from behind. A bouffant of golden blonde silky hair. It was teased, brushed, and bumped up so high enough to make a two-foot spectacle of hair that flipped out on the ends. Marky walked faster. She looked all around for five. At about the same time she spotted five, the big blonde bouffant turned around and smiled at Marky with a straight row of corn niblet teeth. Oh, sweet niblets. 
big blonde bouffant was not a girl at all. It was a four-foot corn. The same four-foot corn from the boardwalk. Marky couldn't wait to tell Five. If only she could find him. She knew she was in the right place, though. The asparagus, beets, and kale all looked familiar. She followed the sound of laughter and giggles to the canal bank, where she found Five and a Brussels sprout taking turns launching each other off of boat paddles into a giant produce basket woven out of sweet grass. About time you showed up. Will you help me keep score? I will. I will. But first, you act like it's no big deal. There's a giant corn walking around this place, flashing his big old teeth at everyone. Oh, come on, Marky. That's Virgil. Everybody knows Virgil. No, I don't know him, but I've seen him. I mean, at least I think I've seen him before. Five, you gotta come help me figure this out. Figure what out? The score's 10-8, Marky. I'm up by three points. There's no way I'm quitting. Marky jumped off the bank and landed with all of her weight on the boat paddle. Five catapulted through the air, end over end, straight into the produce basket. Now you're up by three. Marky scooped Five up and placed him on her shoulder. Yeah, you probably did see him. He's everywhere, Marky. He's like a mayor or a loud uncle at a reunion. You'll love him. Marky and Five walked down a long bamboo path together until they came upon a clearing. There, they saw Virgil, sitting in a chair, holding a lace parasol to shield his face from the sun. He was telling a story to all the little children sitting at his feet, while two grandmothers stood behind him and braided his hair. The crowd hung on every word. Marky and Five sat and listened, too. They ooed and awed at some parts of the story and gasped at others. And at one point, they all held hands for a little sing-along portion. In that moment, Marky locked eyes with Virgil as he casually and eloquently said, Hey, man. Yeah, ma'am. I know the land of Dan. I'm there every other week. I used to work there every day, though, in the grandest palace cafeteria. Marky and Five leaned in further to listen as Virgil poured them each a cup of hot tea. Really? Yeah, I spent most of my life there. Were you a kite knight? Or do you know the kite knights? Tell me more. No, not one of the knights. I'm cylindrical. But I do know the head coach. Tarsha Nomani Chanarong Putase. Tarsha as I've come to know her, is my dragon best friend. She has reddish-brown curly hair, a big and tall hairdo, feather back on the sides with the most ridiculous middle part I've ever seen. Butt cut. Her eyes are a bluish-green, and her cheeks and lips are a bright red. Tarsha has the torso of a woman and the soul of a man. Including her neck and tail, she stands 42 feet tall. Her olive-colored skin is soft and smooth in some areas. 
but has scabs and ingrain hairs in others. She has dirt under her fingernails and calluses on her hands. She usually smells like neroli and vetiver, but I swear, sometimes I catch a whiff of something and I can't tell if it's her breath or if she farted. I miss her. I've been waiting to see her for so long. Hang on, hang on. Waiting for what? Tarsha's been in secret hiding ever since the day the queen banished her. Everything changed after that. How so? Tarsha led the Kite Knights to several international championships. She's also considered to be the greatest coach in kite fighting history. Since she left, the Kite Knights haven't been on top ever again, or the Land of Dan. Everyone soon realized it's not just winning that made a difference. It was Tarsha, and things have been dark since she left. What happened? Why did she leave? Well, nobody really knows for sure. It's all speculation. We know she got into a disagreement with the Queen about something. They didn't see eye to eye, and Tarsha's never been back. Where is she? Poor Tarsha. Well, nobody really knows that either. It's only rumors. She didn't tell anybody. However, one day, I finally received a word from her. Wow. Received word? What kind of word? She wrote me a letter and invited me to her new home, an old temple. See? He spread it out in front of them on the table. Just as soon as they leaned in close enough to see that it was a map, he snatched it back as if he changed his mind. Whoa, 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 whoa. As much as I'd love to share this, I have to be very careful with it. Not just anyone can have it. I'll think about it, though. Or maybe I can ask her the next time I go. After saying their goodbyes, Marky led the way back to the canal banks. Five was very excited to get back to his game. <laughs> hey, Mark, that was awesome. Somehow, I thought you were going to lose it when he didn't give us the map. Nice recovery. Get on the paddle, Five. Now that's what I'm talking about. What's the score? No, Five. Get real. Let's go. Marky boosted him up, and Five landed with a thud on her shoulder. She reached into her messenger bag, then handed him her notebook and pencil. Here, Five. Jot some things down while I get this basket in the water. I don't want to forget what I saw. Five, now thoroughly confused, scribbled down landmarks and coordinates as they spilled out of Marky's mouth. Right, then left. Path of sugar came in to go. Under the waterfall, then right. Around the cotton field, sharp left at the cacao, and we should be there. Got all that? 
Yes, I have all of that, but do I need all of that? Yes, if we want to see Tarsha, of course yes. Virgil didn't give us the map. What if we forget something? I think we should write it down. Maybe I already forgot something, Marky. What the heck are we doing? We'll never make it back in time. My dad's going to be so mad. <laughs> At least we're in the same boat. It's actually a basket. What have I gotten myself into? A basket. We're in a basket. I'm in a basket. We're going to see We're Tarsha. in a basket going to see Tarsha. Minutes turned into hours, paddling for hours in the canal turned into sunset, and then the ground turned white, like a blanket of snow. Soft white poofs of cotton lined both sides of the canal. Five, wake up. This is it. The cotton field on the map. We're almost there. Help me look for the cacao field. It's our last time. Hey, wait up! You sure this is it? Well, no, I'm not entirely sure, but I know this is a cacao field. And I am entirely sure. This looks exactly like the ruins that were drawn on the map. I'd recognize that crow carving anywhere. The old stone temple looked more like a cave. Vines of jasmine climbed around the stone structure. A wooden carving of a crow adorned the entrance, at least 50 feet from wingtip to wingtip. This was it. The walk through the temple was long and dark. Tiki torches lined the path. Marky dragged her hand along the rough stone as they walked. Marky felt around in the dark. Her palms came against smooth, soft skin. She must be sleeping. It's so dark, Five. I can barely see. She felt bumps and hair and fingernails. Tarsha. Hey, Tarsha. Excuse me. Somebody's got to tap her, Vive. Okay, okay. I'm not tapping her, though. Where's her face? I can't even see her face. I've totally got an idea. But where's her face? Yeah, I'm sure that'll help. (laughs) A wave of heat wafted from under Tarsha's tail as she sat up. Her head swung around in a swift motion and met Marky and Five. They were eyes to eyes. Hey, y'all. What's so funny back there? What'd I miss? By the way, that one totally snuck out on me. I would not be downwind of that. Marky, windblown and now with no confusion as to her butt or her face, 
picked up a wilted five up off the floor. So now, what was your idea? 